Welcome into a special two-part episode here of the Nebraska Prep Zone Report. And a happy Halloween to all of our listeners out there. Uh, we're going to have some uh, a possibility of some themed questions along the way here in, in honor of the day. But um, I'm joined once again by by Mike Patterson here. Uh, we're, we're ready to talk some state volleyball uh, beginning tomorrow, Mike. You had a long, jam-packed week of districts and sub-districts and here we are. We got the first round at 9 a.m. tomorrow, right? Right. And, uh, you know, I know the uh, the dedicated volleyball fans know this, but kind of for the uninitiated, Dylan, on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, there's two matches going on at the same time. So there's a curtain in the middle of the court. So right. it's uh, kind of volleyball mayhem down there for the first three days until we get to the finals on Saturday. Um Pinnacle Bank Arena the first three days and then the Devaney Center on Saturday and there's only six matches on Saturday so you can kind of at least take a little bit of a breath and and just concentrate <laughs> on one match but uh, yeah it's just volleyball mania coming up the next four days. Absolutely yeah I mean like I said 9 a.m on so uh, jam-packed days for all the for all the volleyball fans to come to Lincoln so if we want to just get right into it here you know looking at the brackets um, kind of what, what are some of the major storylines starting with class a? I mean, obviously you have uh Papio's Papio South going against their, their arch rival again. And, and the one eight matchup, it's the team that gave the Titans their only loss this year. So that's pretty cool that we have that in the, in the opening round to start things. Right. Cool. Unless your name is Papio South. It's <laughs> yeah. the number one, it's the number one seed Dylan. Right. And, uh, that's a really tough first rounder for them. And Papio, of course, you not only have the, the traditional rivalry there of the schools, but the Monarchs are the only team that were able to defeat Papio South. So the Titans go in 35 and one, and they have to be considered the favorite two-time defending champion going for their fourth title in five years. They're ranked 10th nationally. Um, the only thing about the Titans is that uh, they're very fine setter, Charlie Solomon. She's kind of a setter and hitter combination. She suffered a high ankle sprain couple weeks ago in the metro conference tournament and she hasn't played since so her oh, wow. playing status is still kind of up in the air i think the titans really are going to need her uh out there it's not something that they can't overcome but boy they're a lot uh they're a lot better team with her so we'll just have to see how that plays out dylan but yeah really tough tough opener for the number one seed the titans playing papio Right. And of course, we're, we're in this situation because Papio gets that wild card right by less than a half point, I think, over Millard West. I mean, they they just barely snuck in there and now they get this eight seed, at, you know, because I think they lost to was it Pius in the in the district final last week. That's right. Papio had so. to go down, play to Pius. They weren't able to win that. Then they had to sweat it out because there's only one wild card in Class A, unfortunately for Millard West. They're the team that was just on the outside. So they were, uh, you know, hundreds of a point behind in the wild card point. So the Wildcats had a nice season, but yeah, Papio was able to snag that, that one lone wild card. Yeah. And so, you know, looking at this match, you know, what, what are the keys? I mean, obviously these two teams know each other well. Um, and you, what, what will coach uh, Katie Tarman for, for Papio South? What, what is she going to rely on? Obviously she has Lauren Medic. Um, the USD commit, got to get that in there, go Yotes. <laughs> but, you know, who are some of these other other star players that have kind of stepped up for her team this year? 
I'm going to say go Yotes again because uh, Morgan Bodie, their uh, middle is also a South Dakota player. That's right. So, yeah. Um, I'm guessing that Katie has gone back to that film. You know, they've beaten the Titans five times before they lost, uh, or I'm sorry, the Titans had beaten the Monarchs five times before they lost that sixth time in the Metro tournament. Right. So I'm guessing that Katie has gone back to that match that they lost and looked at it a number of times with her team, tried to figure out what went wrong. Papia was playing on its home court that day, so it had that advantage. Um, really good crowd that night. <clears throat> the Monarchs always have a great student section. The Titans brought a, a nice crowd that night too, but uh, yeah, I'm guessing just going back and looking at that film and seeing kind of what went wrong and maybe tweak a couple of things. And, and uh, you know, Solomon didn't play that night. We'll see if she plays uh, tomorrow on Wednesday. Yep, that's that's one of those keys, I guess, uh, going into this. And then on the, on the other side for the Monarchs, they have their star player is uh, Mia Tiverti, right? She was on our Super Six. Right. Um, Oregon, yeah. Oregon Pledge, yes. very fine player. And, uh, you know, they, they've got uh, some other weapons of their own. So, you know, I, that's like I said, tough start for uh, tough start for the Titans. And, um, you know, the Monarchs fortunate to get in there with the wild card and they're probably going in there with a we've got nothing to lose attitude so we'll see what happens yeah of course uh the titans going for their fifth straight trying to get in the title match for the fifth straight year they've they've won three of those four times when they've been in the in the championship match and so yeah going to trying to keep this dynasty alive i guess for for four championships in five years would be super impressive in class a I need to mention one other player from uh, Papio, Faith Frame. They're very fine libero. She's going to Cincinnati. And yeah, she had, I think it was 41 digs um, in that match against the Titans in the Metro tournament. And that set a school record. And she wow. also set a school record for single season digs. She's a transfer from Gretna High. And she's just uh, really solidified the back row for Papio. So, I mean, they have... Happy has weapons too, and um, I think Faith Frame is definitely one of them. Yeah, I mean they've they've had an incredible season too, no doubt about that. So, um, but going into you know the, the other matchups that we're going to get in this first round, we could have if the Titans are able to get past uh, Papio there, uh, we we might see a, a title rematch from last season with Omaha Westside in that four or five slot. That's right. You got to. The Warriors made it back to state. They were able to uh, defeat Gretna in the district final. And Grand Island's had a nice season. They've kind of been a little bit under the radar this year, but uh, they've got some big hitters in Tia Trout and Hayden Hoos. And those two have combined for pretty close to 900 kills this year, Dylan. So hmm. they've got, they bring a lot of offense. So that, uh, yeah. that could be one of the closer first rounders to Westside and Grand Island. Yeah, what do you what do you see in that matchup? What's your prediction? Do you think the Warriors can pull it off? I'd probably give the Warriors a slight edge. They're just kind of a little more battle tested in the fact that they finished second last year. That's always really good motivation. So they've kind of regrouped since uh, Peyton Meyer, their setter, was injured a few weeks ago. So they've had to kind of piece it together a little bit since then, but they haven't really slow down much so uh yeah just a slight edge to the warriors there okay 
Yeah, and then on the other side of the bracket, we have um, an all-Lincoln matchup in the 2-7 with Southwest taking on Pius. And, you know, we already mentioned that Pius team. It's it's a dangerous team that, that, that knocked off the Monarchs. Right. I think Thunderbolts are playing probably about their best volleyball down the stretch here. But I, I think the edge still has to go to Lincoln Southwest. They're another battle-tested uh, team. And um, they they uh, about a month ago, maybe a little bit more, they had a really disappointing effort in the uh, Monarch, Allison Weston Monarch Invitational. And, and really since then, they've put it back together again. And I think they're firing on all cylinders. Um, Malaya Long is their fine oh. setter. She was another one of our super six. So uh, she's going to Marquette. So I, I think, um, yeah, Pius has been playing well, but I've, I've got to give the edge there to the Silver Hawks. All right. And then our last matchup there, it features um, Bellevue West is back in the state tournament. Um, of course, they have the, the championship pedigree from years ago. They last won a state title in 2006. And I remember you writing about this team, um, you know, throughout the season. They've been impressive. And, and now they get to face uh, a really tough Lincoln East team in the first round matchup. Right. Spartans are another team that have been a little bit up and down this season, but uh, yeah, they're back at state um, Bellevue West. I know the Thunderbirds are having a really nice season. They made it to the uh, semifinals of the Metro tournament and <laughs> were able to get back to state. I think the one thing that hurts the T-Birds a little bit is um, if they're playing a taller team, like they played West side, they don't quite match up with those oh. taller teams quite so much, but uh I think the T-Birds have done well to get back to state, but uh, I'm, I'm going to give a slight edge to the Spartans there in that first rounder. Okay, so then we get, we'd have a, a all Lincoln semifinal then, right? Southwest versus East. Who who do you like in that then? Right. I'm I'm going to go with the Silverhawks. Um, you know, in recent years, they played well going into the state tournament and you know, granted, all the competition is really tough down there at state. They haven't quite been able to finish things off. They're still looking for their first state title. So I, I'm going to go with the uh, Silver Hawks, a uh, little bit of an edge over the Spartans in that semifinal. So they would reach the title game. And who do you have facing them? Would it be Papio South or West Side? Well, 35 and one, and they've just been ruling yeah. the roost all season long. I just can't go against Papio South. So I've got them over West Side. And, uh, you know, when push comes to shove in that 7 p.m. final on Saturday, uh, you know, with or without Charlie Solomon, I, I'm going to give the edge to Papio South. I, I just think that uh, they've got a couple of freshmen that have stepped up this year big time. And um, Lauren Medic, they're really fine hitter. Uh, she seems to elevate her game, which is already very, very high, <laughs> elevated even to a new level at state. So I'm, I'm going to go with the Titans to to finish off the deal this year and win their third straight, Dylan. Okay, sounds good. So if we want to move into Class B, Class B bracket is a little interesting. When I when I uh, took a look at it a couple of days ago, you know, we have obviously a, a nationally ranked, top ranked national team in Omaha Scut as the three seed here in class B. Yeah. I, I think class B is a lot of interesting, Dylan. I think yeah. <laughs> uh, this is a, you know, Skyhawks have won eight in a row, eight right. in a row. So you got to go back to 2014, the last time they didn't win state. So um, 
And who was that team? It was it was Norris, who now is right, right. It was that's all interesting too. Yeah. So the thing about Scott this year is that, uh, and they do this every year. They play a lot of tournaments out of the state, and um, I mean they're playing some really quality teams. A lot of teams that are nationally ranked. So they haven't played. um, I don't think they've played any of these teams that are at state in Class B. So really? it's just kind of an unknown factor for uh, Scott to be playing these teams. And it's an unknown factor for those teams too. So I'm sure they're looking at film and, and doing things like that. But yeah. Uh, yeah. And here's another thing about Scott, Dylan, they're very young this year. They only have one senior and it's Paisley Douglas, their libero. So huh. um, it's, uh, it's going to be interesting to see if uh, I, I think Renee Saunders is really going to be, pushed this year the longtime coach of scut to get those skyhawks another victory because there's a lot of teams lined up that they could potentially face that i'm sure have revenge on their minds because it's kind of the same gauntlet that scut has had to run in recent years to get to that title and so we'll just have to see what happens sure of course uh the the waverly vikings are the unfortunate ones who who get the draw and and, and get them in the first round um, but then, you know, on the, on the other side, we have, like I said, Norris as the one seed We're taking on Scott's bluff in first right. round action. And then kind of an interesting one is, is that Bennington Gretna East. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Norris is the top seed. I've got to like them over Scott's bluff I and mean, Scott's bluff, uh, beat Crete to get to state. So good for the Bearcats, but I can't see Norris losing that one. They're 31 and three. And uh, I think Bennington and Gretna East could be interesting in that first round. Bennington's defeated Gretna East three times this season, but I saw the Griffins in the district final. And um, of course it's their first year of varsity play and there they are making it to the state tournament. So props to coach Mike Brandon and his Griffins. And I think much like Papio in class A, Gretna East is going to go in with a, we don't have anything to lose. Yeah. attitude and i think that could be a dangerous first rounder for bennington so i i gave the slight edge to bennington just going by what's happened this season but if gretna east was able to win that first rounder with uh like i said veteran coach mike brandon who led the gretna high teams to the state tournament several years he's his team might be new at state but he's not so mm-hmm. we'll uh we'll see how that one plays out and um moving down to the Bottom half of the other bracket, we got Elkhorn North and Seward. Um, got to give the edge to the Wolves there, 28 yep. and 7. And then uh, going to give the edge to Scott over Waverly, even though I, I think the Vikings are one of those teams bent on revenge. And, you know, you just look at the Nebraska roster and they've had some Waverly players and yep. uh, in recent years. And it just, just shows you the quality of play down there. And then Terry New Year does a really nice job as coach there. And, you know, Becca Alec is one of the Huskers' best players this season. She played at Waverly. So yep. um, I, I think that's really Scott's first big test. And I I will pick the Skyhawks, but if that one went four or five, I don't think it would really surprise me. Huh. Yeah, that's that's one of the ones we get tomorrow at 11 a.m. I mean, it's, it's going to be right away in the morning. And, and it, that's just, yeah, like you said, Scott Catholic is just kind of a major question mark because – we haven't seen them against any of these teams. It's really interesting. So, right. Right. And then of course, yeah, like 
like uh, you'd, you'd have Scott versus Elkhorn North, a, a rematch of last year's title game. But those two teams haven't seen each other at all. And it's a lot of new players on both sides, right? I mean, right. Some of the key players uh, were there last year playing in that. And it was a five set. That was the final last year. And it was a yep. nail biter that could have gone either way that uh, Scott prevailed. Um, Elkhorn North's fine setter, another one of our super six, Reese Booth. Kirsten Bernthal Booth's uh, daughter, the setter for the Wolves. She's going to Northern yep. Iowa. So she leads the uh, attack. So I, I think Elkhorn North is looms as another dangerous challenger to Scott. I guess, again, we'll give the Skyhawks the slight edge. But again, if it goes four or five, I'm guessing probably five. Not, yeah. not going to be a surprise. Last year was an epic match for sure in that in that title game. So, it was. It yeah, was. Yeah. But then on the other side, we'd have Norris taking on taking on Bennington, right? And then right, right. Like I said, I wouldn't be surprised six, if if Gretna East is their opponent, but uh, you know, if it's Bennington or Gretna East, I think yeah. you still got to give the edge to Norris. Um really good, really good team again this year. Uh Coach Bosiger, Christina does a fine job. Um, you know, the Titans are, uh, like I said, 31 and three, and I think they're probably going to edge out either Bennington or Gretna East for that, uh, semifinal, which will lead to yet another match between Scud and Norris in the final. Yeah. And, um, I'm, I'm going to give again, the slight edge to the Skyhawks, but, uh, you know, I don't even know if they're going to get that far. We'll see if they do. Um, if they do, once they get to that final, they just have a way of, somehow making it happen again, elevating their game. So we'll, we'll give the uh, edge to Scott to get title number nine in a row. Wow. Yeah. It, you know, Scott, I think it really shows the competitiveness of class B that we're talking about. Yeah. These are going to be grinded out matches. These are not going to be easy ones, especially because, you know, uh, it's, it's the first time seeing them. So. Right. So we can, and, you know, we've been in that situation before Dylan, where the teams haven't really, seen too much of Scott, but, um, you know, Scott's had such quality players over the years. Lindsey Krause comes to mind immediately. Yep. And you just had a feeling that when they had players like that, that they're, they were just going to find a way to get it done. You know, this year having only one senior and these other teams playing, I think at a, a really high level too. I, I really think that, uh, the Skyhawks are going to be challenged this year to, to get to that number nine. Yeah, no doubt about it. So, all right. So now moving down into some of our smaller classes here, we got in C1, um, Kearney Catholic as the one seed. It, it looks like it, it it's probably going to be Kearney Catholic and Minden in that title game in that title match, would you say? Yeah. I, uh, you know, I think C1 is always one of the uh, more competitive, more balanced, more parity classes yeah. that we have um yeah carney catholic the stars come in as the top seed they're playing syracuse in the first round so i like the stars there uh malcolm and pierce that's another first rounder on that side of the bracket slide edge to the uh malcolm clippers um hallie dolliver very fine hitter for malcolm she leads the state in kills i think she's <laughs> at maybe 570 or so Wow. Uh, on the other side of the bracket, the Minden Whippets, 33-1. and one. They just suffered their first loss to Kearney Catholic in sub-districts, 
They'll play Grand Island Central Catholic, the defending champion. Um, slight edge to Minden there and Gothenburg and Platteview and the other one. I, I, I like uh, Gothenburg there, which would set up Carney uh, Catholic and Malcolm. I think that could be a really good match, but we'll stay with the top-seeded stars. Uh, Minden and Gothenburg, two teams that know each other from uh, the regular season. Combined records of uh, 65 and 3, so it shows you what kind of seasons those two have had, but we'll give Minden a slight edge, and I think in that final, it's been a while since Carney Catholic has uh, has taken home that hardware, but I think uh, maybe with positive uh, uh, Harburg vibes coming from the Nebraska football team, I think maybe Carney Catholic gets it done this season in Class C1. Yeah, do you think he shows up? Well, no, that's going to be... They're going to be on the road this weekend. Unfortunately, he won't be able yeah. to be in the building there on on Saturday. But since he might be a little busy up in East Lansing, I doubt yes. seriously if he's going to make it. But uh, you know, his uh, he's got I think it's two younger sisters playing for the Stars, That's and right. yep. uh, so and, and another one I think is an eighth grader, and she's the team manager. So that uh, the Stars are kind of uh, Team Harburg too. So yep. um, yeah, it's. Uh, just I think like I said C1 really tough slight edge to Carney Catholic to get it done okay yeah Heinrich is going to bring bring the good mojo from from up in East Lansing yeah <laughs> after he brings good mojo to the Huskers up there against right. the Spartans, we hope <laughs> to clinch to clinch the bull berth yeah exactly yep, so. yep. All right. Well, and then up in C2, the dynasty continues for Lincoln Lutheran, perhaps. I mean, you know, they're the one seed, but then they have a, a 32 and one Clarkson Lee uh, down there as the two seed in C2. Right. On the other side of the bracket. So, yes. Yeah. Lincoln Lutheran, the top seed. They had won 74 matches in a row earlier this year, Dylan, until Carney Catholic snapped that streak. Yep. Uh, Lincoln Lutheran's against uh, Summerland in the first round. We'll take. Uh, We'll stick with Lincoln Lutheran there. Uh, UTAN and Elmwood Murdoch, a couple teams from close to home here. I think that one could go either way. Um, mm -hmm. I think uh, maybe Elmwood Murdoch might be able to pull the upset there. We'll okay. see. Um, I think that one's going to be really close. Clarkson Lee, you mentioned 32-1 and one on the other side of the bracket. They're playing Crofton, which uh, Crofton is good, but I think Clarkson Lee is better. So we'll go with... Uh, they're the Patriots, so we'll go with Clarkson Lee there and uh, All right. Oakland Craig Humphrey Lindsay Holy Family. That's that one could go either way too. That's uh, two really quality schools and quality volleyball programs. We'll give a slight edge to Oakland Craig there. And uh, moving on to the semis, I think Lincoln Lutheran prevails in their semi, whether it's UTAN or Elmwood Murdoch. And uh, Clarkson Lee, I think, will prevail in uh, the other one to defeat Oakland Craig, which sets up that final and, and Lincoln Lutheran going back to uh, defend their title. And I, I think they're going to do it. So we'll, we'll stick with Lincoln Lutheran to, to finish it off and uh, take home another championship trophy for uh longtime coach, Sue Ziegler. All right. And then down in D1, uh, looks like the West Point guardian angels as the, as the one seed. Right. I think D1 is uh it's a tough one to pick this year, Dylan. Um I've got West Point. We always uh shorten it to GACC, but that stands for Guardian Angels Central Catholic. They're 25 yep. and 5. 
they played Burwell in the first round. So we'll give uh, the Blue Jays of West Point, GACC, the edge there. Uh, BDS and Amherst are playing the other uh, first rounder, that side of the bracket. That's uh, Bruning, Davenport, Shickley. We'll give yep. uh, the edge to them. Uh, I, here's a dangerous team from out west. Southwest, 29-3. and three. Uh, they play Elgin Pope John. I remember watching Southwest play last year. They were in Class C2, and they lost to Oakland Craig in the first round, but it was a very long – it was either four or five sets, and every one of the sets was really close. So I think maybe that experience will help Southwest this year. So uh, we'll say Southwest over Elgin Pope John. And uh, right. O'Neill St. Mary's 31-1 and one has had a really nice year. We'll uh, take them over SEM. That's Sumner, Eddieville, Miller. Um, so we'll say St. Mary's there. Semifinals, we'll say West Point, GACC over BDS. Southwest over St. Mary's. Uh, sets up a really tough final. Yeah. Um, Guardian Angels Central Catholic plays in the Mid-State Conference. And um, that's that's a really grinding conference. I mean, they're <laughs> very, very competitive. And uh, I think maybe that will translate into helping them in what could be a really tough match there in the final. So we'll give a slight edge to the Blue Jays over the Rough Riders of Southwest in that D1 final. That does look like an interesting one. Cause yeah, I mean, you look at GACC's record 25 and five, I think that shows, you know, that, that type of level of com competition that they were playing in the conference this year. So. Right. And then down in D2, uh, to close it out here, we got Cambridge as the one seed, 26 and four on the season. And and also an interesting bracket here. I mean, you have some teams from like Meridian as the three seed. They're from out west too, aren't they? Um, or is Meridian? I, I can't, can't remember. I, I think Meridian's closer to home, Dylan. I, okay. I probably need to look at my map, but uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's there's other teams that are a lot farther away, like Wallace is is farther away, and Cambridge and and Overton. So, but uh, yeah, I did D two. Once you get to D one and D two, it's uh, every team is seems like um, has a chance to to win it. Where some of the other classes, you think, okay, this team just seems maybe uh, to have a a clear edge over that one. Um, D1 and D2, I think a lot of these teams are close. So let's look at Cambridge, the top seed. They're playing Shelton the first game. We'll give the edge to uh, the Cambridge Trojans. Uh, Wallace is playing Why Not. Why Not is one of those programs that seems to show up every year, no matter what yep. the sport is, girls basketball, volleyball, whatever. So uh, tough one there. I, I think I maybe gave a very slight edge to Wallace. Um, other half of the bracket will go with Overton over Central Valley, and you mentioned Meridian, twenty-four and five. Uh, we'll go with Meridian over Stewart, and going to the what we think will be the semifinals. We'll take Cambridge to move on to the final, and um, I think we've got Overton also going on to the final. I believe Overton was uh, was the runner-up last year if i'm not mistaken let me let me glance at my program from last year dylan yeah overton five setter against howells dodge in the final last year okay. uh howells dodge didn't make it back this year um in d1 hardington's cedar catholic didn't make it back either so we'll have new champions in d1 and d2 having said that 
Um, I think it sets up for a Cambridge Overton final, and we're going to give the edge to to Cambridge to uh, finish it off. They were competing in Class D1 last year. Again, mm -hmm. I'm referring to my program from last season just to yes. refresh my memory. Yeah, Cambridge uh, in D1 last year, they played a five-setter in the first round and lost to Cedar Catholic, which went on uh -huh. to win the title. So I, I'm sure Cambridge is thinking, hey, that could have been us. <laughs> really close, yeah. it could have been us last year. So, But hey, I've been around so long, Dylan, I can remember uh, – a gal from Cambridge named Christina Hotelling, who um, at that class D level went on to be a, a great player for the Huskers. So really? again, it just shows the quality of, of uh, high school talent all through from class A to class D too. So it's, uh, it's really something to see. And I, I think that really will make for a, another high quality, high class state volleyball tournament this week. Yeah, and we get some new champions down there, too. I think that'll be another exciting thing for fans as well to see. So I looked at Meridian. It's down in Dakin, Nebraska, kind of south of Lincoln there. Right, right. Down, I thought they were closer the, to home than, you know, you, you yeah, might have thought. So. Down in the pruning area. So <laughs> learn something yep. new today. But, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to watch. We're really excited for the next few days of, of state tournament volleyball. So, um with that, I think we can wrap it up. Oh no, this is this is one of the segments I wanted to surprise you with. Pat, we're sitting on a Zoom cast here, so we didn't really go okay. go over this at all. But I wanted to get in the Halloween spirit. I don't know if you're sitting at home in your costume, but <laughs> wanted to ask. Sitting at home, yes, in my costume, no. <laughs> yeah. All right, that's good. That's good. So you know, to get in the spirit, wanted to ask you, what are some of the players that you're you're most excited to see, but you're that are going to uh, scare some head coaches. Oh man, Dylan. They're gonna they're there's, gonna, uh, they're gonna there's be a lot of scary, there's a lot of scary players out there. I mentioned Lauren Medic at uh Papio South and, and Mia Taverdi at uh at at Papio. And you know, when I think of players that scare me, I think of players that hit the ball hard enough where if I was on the other side of that net, I'd probably be diving out of the way. Right. I, I never professed to be a, a good volleyball player. I thought <laughs> Uh, a player named Hayden Hart playing for Gretna East. She can really hammer the ball. Uh, Norris has some players that can, Anna Jelinek, she can really smash the ball. Um, I'm, players I'm, well, you just don't want to step two, in front of, yeah. Those two players from Grand Island that I mentioned. Um, yeah. Trout and Hayden Hoos, you know, when you've got 900, almost 900 combined kills, you're you're definitely doing something right. Uh, Hallie Dolliver at Malcolm, like I mentioned, maybe 570 kills. So wow. <laughs> these these are, are and I'm I'm just kind of scratching the surface. Um, every team seems to have that really big go-to hitter, but uh, you know, as someone, and I, again, I'm kind of aging myself. But when uh, Katie and Amber Rolfson were playing for Papio South, I was standing at the edge of the court when they were warming up one day, and <clears throat> I unfortunately. I heard somebody yell, look out, and I turned, and uh, Katie Rolfson had just smashed a, a kill in, in uh, pregame practice, and here I saw that ball just coming right from my face, <laughs> and I can uh, I can say with uh, firsthand experience, that didn't feel very good when that ball hit, my, <laughs> hit me on the face. Yeah. <laughs> I, I marvel at the way 
opposing teams can a lot of times dig those what look like certain kills and i mean that's a credit to the defense on both sides because i a i know that that ball is not exactly soft and b it's coming in about a million miles an hour so uh yeah Yeah. props to the defenses there and uh (laughs) fortunately i was able to regroup that day even though my glasses pretty much got smashed to smithereens but uh, I was able to regroup and still cover the match that night. So <laughs> Katie did apologize to me after the match, which she didn't have to because she wasn't doing anything but just warming up. So, but, exactly. uh, yeah, that uh, that just gave me a old school here. George Plimpton, firsthand experience of what it's like to be a volleyball player. There you go. Yeah, send chills down your spine for sure on, on a Halloween night. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, for yeah. sure. I like I like where you took that though. I mean, you're thinking about these uh, defensive players that jump up and try to block those things, like you know these these monster killers that are mm-hmm. <laughs> pounding volleyballs down left and right. It's it's really impressive to watch, and and I'm sure yeah. all the, all the volleyball fans out there are are really excited to watch some of these players that you know that that we haven't been been able to see. I, I know you've you've covered uh, some of these girls a lot, Papio South and and Papio, but, you know, some of these teams from around the state that, that we haven't gotten a, a lot of coverage on, um, it'll be, be interesting to see what they can do. Right. It's always fun to see, uh, you know, some of those teams that are from far out West that, uh, we haven't gotten a chance to see and, and, you know, maybe even a little bit under the radar as far yeah. as, um, what fans know about them. So it's really their time to, to shine in the bright spotlight of, of the state tournament. So, it's just uh, it's just a great atmosphere down there, Dylan. Like I said, two matches are going on at the same time, so fans kind of get two for one. And uh, I, I'm thinking back to uh, when we had COVID a few years ago, and it didn't really affect the volleyball season, but it affected the basketball season. We still were able to have the tournaments, but there were no fans, no bands, and it was just right. the most eerie experience in the arenas that you could imagine and um you know i'm gonna give a shout out now we've already talked about the players and talked some about the coaches and and props to them but uh credit to the fans that have come out and supported these girls supported their daughters supported their friends supported players from you know whatever town they're from and uh i I think they lend a lot i think the bands lend a lot I think uh, just I love the atmosphere of all the state tournaments. So um, just something to look forward to the next four days down in Lincoln. No doubt about it. I can't couldn't say it better myself. So thanks a lot, Mike, for joining me. Do you have any final thoughts? I think that was a good way to wrap it up for for the volleyball side of things. Yep, that's uh, that's it. I just had one uh, Halloween question for you, Dylan. Okay, yeah. What's what's your favorite uh, Halloween candy? Oh, for candy, I'm a big Twix guy, actually. Yeah. Yeah, I like Twix, too. I'll, anything with chocolate is good yep. by me. So I go down that Snickers and Milky Way and Three Musketeers path. I always uh, tell my wife to to buy those. So just in case we have any left, you know, they're not going to go to waste. So right. anything with chocolate is good by me. I'm a big I'm a big sour candy too guy. I don't know if you get if you dive into that stuff at all, but like we might have um, to uh, swing by our house here because I think uh, we're having some sour patch kids being given okay. out. Nice, yeah, sour patch kids, sweet tarts. I like all that stuff. I'm I'm a big sweet tooth guy, but 
if I see a rather <laughs> tall uh, trick-or-treater coming and demanding uh, Sour Patch Kids, I'll know who it is tonight. It'll be me, yeah. Yeah. But I, I, I kind of have to, I don't know, eat away my sorrows after this last weekend with my my NFL team. You know, my I think my season's over with Kirk Cousins tearing his Achilles. You know, I'm not going to give up on the Vikings yet. Our oldest son, Brett, is a really big Vikings fan. And, uh, I mean, yeah, they're really going to miss Kirk Cousins, but they're already, sounds like, trying to make some moves to replace him. And, I mean, they got a good defense, and they've yeah. got some weapons on offense. It's just a matter of plugging in somebody who just is going to be able to um, run the show and doesn't even have to do anything too flashy. Just run the show and... Yeah. And, uh, you know, that division, you know, the Lions are still the best of it. And my team, the Bears, are probably still the worst of it. But, uh, you know, I'm, what are they, four and four? I'm not I'm not giving up on their season yet, though. And, of course, I'm, four I'm giving, four. Up, I'm giving yeah. up on the Bears season. But uh, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> Sticking a fork in the Bears. But, yeah, it, it could be pretty rough in this division now if if they don't get a new quarterback in. He, this rookie that they put in the other day, I don't know. He he's not ready yet, and it just stinks because we, you know we lost Justin Jefferson for a while, but but the team was still winning. They won three games in a row, and classic Vikings. We get a little momentum, and <laughs> something hits us like a brick wall here. But <laughs> how about the kid? Is he from USC? The rookie? He's a he's a BYU kid. BYU. Yeah, Jaron Hall. So oh. They, the other wide receiver, uh, not oh, just Ad Jefferson. Addison. Yeah, yeah, Joe Addison. Addison. Yeah, he's playing he, really well. Is he USC? Yep. Yeah, he did a Lambo leap in Green Bay. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> For every non-Packers fan, that was awesome to see. So, <laughs> fortunately for him, he jumped into a bunch of purple-clad people because if they were wearing uh, green and yellow, I'm not sure he would have come out of there. Yeah, probably not. That that wouldn't have ended well. But yeah, no, he found some purple in there for sure. So that was yeah. that was a fun game. I mean, gosh, they were they were dominating that game. And then I think it was poof, sometime late in the fourth. That's that's when Kirk went down. And yeah, and non non contact injury really. And right, so, I mean, just one of those things that happens. So unfortunate. And uh, you know, everything I've heard, Cousins is a really good guy. And stayed on the sideline and was cheering on the team. And I saw something yeah. on Twitter that he was someplace uh, either yesterday or today. And uh, he was still signing autographs for little kids. So um, yeah, he, he just sounds like a good guy. So he really is. I mean, just a good leader and we'll see what happens mm -hmm. in the off season. If they're, if they're going to re-sign him, his contract is up and, and so yeah, the, the next few, well, actually, I mean, this week we'll kind of decide where the, the future of the Vikings goes. It'll be, it'll be fascinating. Yeah. So, all like right. I said, final thought on the Vikings. Our oldest son Brett was a big fan, so we made it up yeah. to the Metrodome for uh, probably a half dozen games over the years. And sometimes sure. they'd be playing the Bears, and sometimes they wouldn't. And um, yeah, it was, it was fun. The Vikings are probably my second favorite team behind my Bears. So yeah. Defaulting to the Vikings already, so I'm. Uh, we'll see what I'm probably, happens. I'm probably one of the only Bears fans in town <clears throat> who knows the Vikings fight song by heart. So I won't. I won't recreate it here, but I do know it. So you don't want to to play your rendition of it, but 
that today. Oh, Vikings, let's win this game, <laughs> et cetera, et cetera. That's going to give us good luck, I think. We're going to Atlanta. I think that's that's the luck we need. So Yeah. <laughs> All right. Getting back to volleyball, Dylan. Ready for the state tournament. Looking forward to it the next four days. Me too. Me too. So the, I think we can wrap it up for this podcast, but invite our listeners to stay tuned. I don't know if Mike is going to stick around. We're going to break down the, the football quarterfinals with Stu Pospisil next. <laughs> <laughs>